You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of Thank you for tuning in to Paint the Town Podcast. I'm James. I'm Teacher. We're here sitting today with Stephen. Hey, hey. How's it going? It's going. How's it going with you guys? Steve is um, one of these types of people that I love because um, he's a great photographer to start with. Um, But he's one of these guys that goes out there and takes some amazing pictures of the street art and graffiti around L.A. You know what I mean? He helps um, people like myself and other graffiti artists and street artists. um, You know, he basically is documenting, helping us document and with some amazing photos and everything. So um, someone like this is, <laughs> we love this guy. Yeah, and to be honest, this is the first time I've met Steven. Um, and uh, I, I, to be, I just noticed you're in out there in the community, in the street art community, and just bringing the events to me, man, as a, your friend on social media, you know, I follow you on Instagram. And, uh, you know, you let me know when the museums are open, man. And I, I love that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So thank you, man. Right, so not knowing how poorly this is going to go on my end, I think maybe I should just call it here. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. And, that was Steve. Thanks for coming on, Steve. Well, <laughs> but, yeah, you, you know, so, so like I said, thank you, first of all. But, yeah, uh, of course. I'm happy, uh, I'm happy to be here. I was really surprised to be asked. And Well, Steve, where are you from originally? Here, third generation. Oh, man, I'm so jealous. And by the way, to I don't remember which podcast it was, but Angelino is the thing. Angelino. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you are an Angelino. You're like a thoroughbred. Third third generation Angelino. <clears throat> you know, Stephen, to be what honest, part of, uh, What part of? Kind of all over, but mainly West L.A. West L.A. Okay. Yeah, yeah you know, to be honest, like... I personally just wanted to ask you too. I was talking to teach and we're talking about people who'd be interested in uh, uh, or be an interesting guest. And you know, we don't just want to talk to the street artists. You made a huge mistake. But <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, we want to talk to you know just fans in general too of street art photographers. You know, people documented because I started off um, you know documenting as well too uh, for LA Street Art Gallery. I mean. Literally, I had mentioned I'm a, uh, I was a pharmaceutical sales at the time in Hollywood. I would call him the Russian and Armenian drug doctor. dealer. <laughs> you can't see him. Yeah, exactly. You know, and <laughs> I would literally carry a big bag of drugs every single day called, uh, I'll give him a little plug. Put a mark here where you're going to edit out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, high blood pressure medication. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to give him a plug. Fuck them. <laughs> I was ready. <laughs> No, and the, I'm saying, you know, as part, part of the, I always felt, I'm like, man, I'm not part of that problem, man, you, you know, uh, of like, I'm adding to the medical expense costs because I was just enjoying street art every single day, p- taking pictures and, you know, they don't care about me, man. I'm just there to deliver samples, you know, I cater lunches, right? So like I said, it was a really interesting time and that's how I got started in street art. I just would take pictures and send them to Greg at Melrose and Fairfax and we started you know, putting up our own blog site and we threw it through our own art shows and we would interview artists, you know, and uh, that's how we started off. So, I mean, like I said, I just appreciate you being out there, man. How did, did, how long were you a photographer before you started shooting street art? Long story short, I've been shooting photos my whole life, but never 
ever thought that somebody would be interested in buying anything. And I don't know if you heard how this happened. No. <laughs> so I just had my one year anniversary. One year anniversary. When I was, nobody had any idea who I was to people starting to know who I am. Okay. This all happened a year ago. Okay. It, Dude, the kind of effort and hustle you've been putting in, it doesn't surprise me. I yeah. like what I see. I want to support those people, and that's all it is. There was no other motivation for me other than, I, you know, like I saw your Kennedy. It's right down the street from me, uh, La Brea. Okay. And I took a picture of that years ago, you know, not thinking at some point in time I would ever meet you. <laughs> it's just you know it's awesome you know like you're that guy I, sh I shot something you did years ago i don't know who you are i don't you know but there it was and i thought it was cool and that's kind of how this whole thing happened um i was on my way downtown on a i think it was a sunday it was definitely the weekend and um i drive i'm driving down uh, beverly it's this crazy colorful building and it's a big group of people outside and they all kind of look like me so I had some time to kill. I figured, you know what? I'm gonna pull over and see what's going on. You know, curiosity. So uh, I found out it was a street art walk. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, I asked whoever I was talking to if I need a ticket or anything. No, 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 it's free. So five minutes later, they were heading out. So, um, you know, I my whole day has changed now, but you know, I went with the crowd and you know, we're walking. You were just driving along. You saw them. And next thing you know, you're, you're, yeah, that's it awesome. whatever it was. It looked like it, it would be interesting. So I, I'm an inquisitive guy. I pulled over to see what was happening. That's so cool. So, um, we go on the walk and we're walking through the alleys and the uh, curator of the walk is talking about each, uh, piece of art. This was done by this artist. This piece was done by this artist. So, um, by the end of the day, I accumulated, I don't know, a couple hundred photos. Who was, who was the leading the... I don't remember, unfortunately, but uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to say who was behind the thing yet. It's like, that's going to be the payoff later. You, you know who it is. Oh, okay. So, um, go on the walk, take, you know, the, the pictures that I take. And um, at that point, I think I had been on Facebook which was the extent of my social media mm. for, um, I don't know, a couple of years. I had maybe 10 friends. It, I mean, even know most people my whole life or they were related <laughs> to <them. laughs> and, um, That was it. So, um, you know, that night I get home and I'm going through the pictures and some of them were good, some of them weren't so good, but the ones that I felt were okay, I posted on Facebook. And within... 20 or so minutes, I got a message, so a friend request from so-and-so. So I uh, was like, okay, you know, I accept, I guess. And then two seconds later, they asked to tag a photo. And then a minute after that, another friend request from someone else, and then they want to tag a photo. So I started realizing these were all the artists from <laughs> the photos that I had shot. So, um, it's what, pretty cool to be able to discover them that way, right? It was pretty, yeah, it was pretty rad. I mean, I always, you know, have been uh, enthused and excited about shooting pretty much everything except people. You know, <laughs> Understandable. Well, the older I get, the less I like them. I, I don't. I don't shoot people. I, I shoot everything else, but I don't shoot people. So there's a lot of people I'd like to shoot. But <laughs> I do can edit that. So, um, but not really. Work. So, um, 
anyways, I, I realized and you know very quickly that all these firm requests and tag requests were all the artists. So I was just approving everybody. By the end of the day or the next day, I had over a hundred friends. Wow. And, you know, the day before I had ten. It was right. everybody I've either known or been related to. So uh, or I am related to. So um, I don't know how long later, but a relatively short amount of time later, uh, I met an art show on Sunset. And um, Jason Ostro. Oh, I love Jason. Um, is uh, It's a, a, a show with him and uh, Andrea LeHue. So Jason pulls me aside and says, you know, hey, I'm a big fan of, you know, the artwork and, you know, uh, the photography, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, would you like to be in a show? Nice. So my immediate response was, you know, like, all right, that's not cool. You don't need to be a dick and mock me, not realizing he was serious. Aww. And, um, you know, immediately I said, you know, yes. You know, when is it? And it was not, uh, not soon, but not far off in the future. I don't know anything about getting photos printed or who to use for that or what sizes or what kind of paper or framing or I'm just some monkey that can push a button. (laughs) Well, for um, the listeners, uh, Jason Ostro owns and runs the Gabba Gallery. Uh, It's on Beverly. I forget what the exact uh, address is. Um, Right there near Commonwealth. Um, and it's one of the, uh, the better galleries in town, uh, especially when Just it comes to, nice, there you go. Um, and, uh, great stuff. Great guy. He always has street artists work in there as well as, uh, normal, regular, normal, regular artists. No, as <laughs> there's no such thing. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Go ahead now. <laughs> All right. So you just totally stole my thunder. You stole my punchline. So... <laughs> <laughs> Dick. So it's not that big. Yet. <laughs> you know, it's just like we have a few characters that are going to pop up. But anyway, so so uh, do the show and you know, or, or find out you know about getting everything printed and whatever. The gallery, that crazy colorful building. Yes, sir. Where I'm going for the show to drop off my air quotes art <laughs> is that crazy colored building. It turns out it's Gabba Gallery, and he owns it. I didn't know any of this at that point. Oh, so he was the one that was doing the... It, he oh, was in man. charge of it, which, you know, he curates that the art for that entire area. Yeah, that's that's also uh, one of the uh, things I love about Jason. Um, the, the neighborhood right around the Gabba Gallery, uh, he kind of took it to himself to help beautify it. And yeah, I've exactly. actually done some pieces myself up and down some of the back alleys around that gallery. And... Uh, I mean, what a wonderful thing to do, yeah. you know? Um, he even got us uh, certificates of appreciation from the city. Yeah, I think more than one. Yeah, for, for some of the, the, the work that we've done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's to uh, be able to get some work up in his gallery. That's, that's awesome. So when, when was the, your first show with your, with your photography? A year ago. One year ago. Yeah. It's, awesome. I think we're a little past that, maybe 13 months. But, you know, all this basically happened in that time span. And if I hadn't stopped that one day to take those pictures, none of this would have happened. I wouldn't have met any of you. And That's awesome. It's uh, see what art can do. You know what I mean? Brings people. It changed together, my. Man. It changed my life. And and literally, honestly, I didn't. I didn't know that story at all. And I think that's that's, that's awesome, man. And uh, you, you know, seriously, I I, I just res- the reason why we asked you on, man. You said you were surprised. I said we just want to connect with people in the community. You, you know, what I mean, like. 
I, I, I'd rather be talking to you than to talk, be talking to a lot of street artists, actually, man, because <laughs> we're a little bit nutty. We're li- and we also like to get, <clears throat> I was gonna say, you, you know, find somebody else to do this. We, we, no, we like to get, um, you know, your take on the type of uh, street art you like to see and, um, you know, stuff that maybe you don't necessarily like to see. Um, I like anything that, you know, has a positive message. Uh, I am not um, against, but um, don't really support anything that's negative. Um, I don't like the people that are uh, doing whatever their art is uh, to ruin somebody else's day. You know, there was um, the uh, Fame Yard the incident with um, Meg sure. and... Uh, the Fame Yard is um, basically right around 7763 Melrose, which is right across the street from Fairfax High School. And it's a, it's a parking lot. Um, and it's what has become known as it's the Fame Yard. Gallery. It is basically an outdoor art gallery. Uh, just by, by the way, he's we're, got a big piece now. Yeah, we're, we're, we're teaching <laughs> solo show basically right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. yes. big, uh, yeah, and yeah. Which, yeah. which Stephen was at, mind you. Yeah, Stephen yeah, was yeah. at we, we, like every show. Briefly, that's one of the other things I love about Stephen is that yeah, <laughs> the dude shows up. It is so supportive. Goes to all these shows, and that's what I'm saying, man. Like guys like Stephen, they go out to the shows, they take pictures, and you know they they connect us to the street artists. It's, sometimes it's more important than just some dude who put up a pace and is trying to get some attention, man. So th- that's why we wanted to bring you on. Um, because like I said, you're in the community and then we don't just want to talk to street artists. We want to talk to people who are in the community, connected to the community. So we can learn about the culture more, not just from a artist perspective, but also from a fan perspective as well, from a photographer, from a professor, you know, professor Jim. And mind you, not just a photographer, but dude seemed to do pretty well in a recent show from what I remember. Right. I have been lucky. (laughs) Lucky. That's what talented people say. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Well, you know what? One thing I want to talk to you about, man. You're you're originally from LA, right? Yes. You're born where? Which hospital, man? Just curious. Uh, Westside Memorial, I think. Oh, okay, West City. Exactly, Culver City. See, I'm born in Monterey Park too, right? And then we kind of share this thing that there's a lot of uh, transplants that come to LA, and after we we welcome them, you know. And uh, but it definitely changes the dynamic of the city constantly, and. People meet people like me and you, and they said, I've never actually met anybody from no, L- native. <laughs> native LA, right? You know, so I, I, I have been referred to on more than one occasion as, you know, like a Bigfoot or unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> this is so bizarre. Everybody I know is from somewhere else. You're actually from here? Like, Can yeah. I take a selfie with yeah. you? Yeah. It's, no. It's really interesting <laughs> because uh, I always say my hometown is West Covina, right? And the thing is, like, if you actually are from like LA County or even Orange County, Southern California area, you would know where that is. You, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because San Gabriel Valley, SGV, I throw out these terms. But if you know, you're sometimes if you're a transplant here, you've probably never gone past the 110 actually, like yeah. you, 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 110 <laughs> freeway. Uh, you, you, know, you know what I mean? And then you maybe never went under the uh, 105. Or, I know. <laughs> you know. I know Hollywood. <laughs> I know Santa Monica. Well, you know, do you know about Monrovia? Where? Where? <laughs> what, what state is that? So, so I'm just saying. Uh, I always think it's kind of interesting, and uh, you know, it's not that we're not, it's not that we're unicorns. You know, it's more just like, hey, we live in a particular area where you kind of need a car and you got to sit through traffic <laughs> to, yeah. to get to. Just, it's not, we're not just talking about the street traffic. You know, 
Like, I'd rather be a Pegasus than a unicorn. It's like a fly <laughs> over the 405. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm telling you, the 405. I mean, even the 10. I mean, honestly, LA traffic is legendary. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, you well, know you know what? what? I, let's. Uh, one of the things that helps you deal with the, the uh, traffic. Um, what kind of music do you uh, do you like, Steve? Um, pretty much everything. Um, rap and punk is my go-to. Awesome. But, um, pretty much anything. I listen to opera. I listen to classical music. Oh wow. Anything, you know, whatever mood I'm in, that's how I choose what I want to listen to. Anything in particular to help you deal with the traffic? Uh, no. I can tell you what doesn't help. <laughs> Punk and rap. <laughs> 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 Seriously, right? You know, 100%, man. Potential road rage situation. <laughs> There's no potential. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one thing that sure helps thing. us all go right there. Sure thing. <laughs> Honestly, podcasts, for me personally, have really helped uh, the traffic, man. You know, like, I just sit there and kind of just listen to the conversation. I mean, we're not moving. You know, it's like almost like you're a fly on the wall. So that's one thing. You know, I'm a big fan of Rogan. Uh, for LA, I'm Frosty Hiding and Frank fan. Um, you, you know, they're on 95.5 KLOS. I always give them a shout out. Um, but like I said, for me, talk radio... Um, and it depends on what kind of talk radio you listen to. I mean, there's plenty of like a conservative talk radio that people just start listening in their cars and they start getting more pissed off. <laughs> you know, well, what the, I mean? the only podcast I listen to is Paint the Town. I, I didn't even know anything. Oh, there's a, there's a reason why we have them on here. Yeah, <laughs> I love that, man. I mean, okay, let's talk about punk for a second because honestly, my first actual, um, you know, when I was a kid, when I was younger, I definitely uh, loved punk and hip hop too, man. I mean, I don't think you could have not if you grew up in LA, you know. There's yeah. like a ska scene here too, you, you know what I mean? And uh, you're too young, but Dylan's in Westwood. Anybody that's 50 or older will know that yeah. had anything to do with the ska scene. Yeah, it's I, an office building in Westwood, but on the weekends it became a nightclub, like an underground nightclub. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, man. I mean, you, you know, for me, it, it was just. Like I said, it was the the stuff being passed around. I mean, at school, like different like burn CDs and tapes and things like that. So that's uh, weird. That's what not what was passed around in my school. <laughs> what was passed around in your school? A little pop. All right, go on. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Just a little. little <laughs> you know, what kind of crappy school you go to? That's what's getting passed around in burn CDs. <laughs> Well, no, I, 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 look, for you. I'm a stoner, man. I say that on, uh, uh, you, you know what I mean, on uh, on this podcast. I am not. Man. I am not. <laughs> I'm stoned right now, sure. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I know. But, yeah, you know what? You'll, there's very few moments of the day with the amount of things I do that you won't catch me stoned, actually. But, anyways. Um, Still function. That's uh, Functioning stoner, man. That's I'm, I'm all about that, man. Like, seriously. I got a question. So, I mean, when I, when I see someone like Steven and – um, I wonder, like, what uh, what are your parents like? You come from your parents together, separated. What kind of home T- do you come together, from? Um, what? Ha- happily married for... Dude, this is like a uh, unicorn right here. Dude <laughs> hey, is from L.A. Right? I'm not and his respond. parents I'm not going to respond other than to just clear my throat and nod. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my parents are together. I'm from L.A. too, bro. So I'm just saying, like... Wow. I think That's amazing. Just, honestly, like... You know, everybody knows that only, like, downtown L.A. back in the day, like, not that many people lived actually in downtown L.A. besides, like, they, they've really done a good job at making it, like, a nice, nice, nicer area nowadays. I lived downtown for years. What did, uh, what did your parents, what did your parents do? Um, my mom works for the city of Beverly Hills, a uh, volunteer at the public library. Awesome. And, um, my dad, amongst many other things, is a commissioner for the city of Los Angeles. 
Okay. Uh, special. No wonder. Okay. You put those genetics together, the apple does not far from, <laughs> fall far from the tree. You get an awesome guy like Steve. And that makes sense now. I yeah. You, you, that's awesome, man. That's, you know, like, it's, it's awesome for me to meet always. But punk rock and rap, yeah. listening to that with the parents that you had. My, my parents are pretty laid back when it comes to, you know, letting me make decisions like this when I was younger, you know, knowing that you know, or hoping, uh, you know, that I wasn't going to become a drug addict or an alcoholic or end up in jail. Like, all right, listen to whatever the fuck you want. You know, <laughs> this is before the Marilyn Manson made me do it era. Yeah. So <laughs> were you like a black, uh, black flag, misfits yeah. guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what Suicidal, I mean? Okay. Youth. Awesome, man. I mean, like I said, it's not my main genre, but you know, when I was younger, I used to Love it a lot more, man. I, I make house music now. I produce hip hop as well as trap or whatever you get. I like the fact that when you were younger, when you're like 10. I know, right? I'm Steven, old, he I looks like he's 10. Yeah, no, you know, 15. Not, exactly. He looks maybe he's 15 or 20. I'm a, a, Asian don't raisin, bro. That's what we say. Dude. Okay. Black don't crack. Asian don't raisin. I don't know what is this thing for Jews. <laughs> <laughs> if there is, I don't know what it is. You beards, man. Beautiful, beautiful beards. Stephen actually has a wonderful beard. Uh, it's, the thing is, an Asian dude, man. I definitely have a lot of beard envy, man. I just you know, no, you, patchy, man. You know, we just put a little milk on, let the cat lick it off, right? I, when I you know, shave, I, I, can't, I, can't do anything, I just want, I just want to say, I will trade you in a hot. <laughs> You got a full, you got a full luscious head of hair, and you look like you're ten years old. Yeah, I know, man. Seriously, that's, that's the Asian genetics, bro. Seriously, you, you know what I mean? But, you know, <laughs> shut up. I'm gonna talk to a teacher. <laughs> talk to somebody. Let the adult, yeah. let the uh, adults talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love it, man. I, I'm actually no. I love because I tell people I'm 35, and they literally are like, "What the fuck, dude?" You know, I'm mean, dressed young too, right? But carded every yeah, anytime yeah, he tries to get a drink, this poor guy, they're like. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. That's that's a it looks like a fake uh, ID there. Usually, yeah. I'm older than the person that's carding me, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but um, okay, let's talk about hip hop for a second, man. I mean, I, you know, I'm a huge hip hop fan too. I mean, which era of hip hop are you growing up in the NWA era, or are you doing the? Uh, the I I grew up before the Beastie Boys were Beastie Boys. Okay, and they were still punk band. Yeah, yeah. I I actually have a, a very short kind of funniest story about that. So uh, through some very strange coincidence, I ended up uh, being in communication with Run from Run DMC. Whoa. And um, this was like the original Def Jam days. And um, he was in New York and put me in touch with his air quote guy in LA, which was Rick Rubens. And um, I went to the office over on Sunset to you know have a little meeting. And there's these three rowdy fuckers that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we ended up, uh, I, I left after my meeting and went to the Ivy for another meeting. And an hour something later, there comes a, I think it was like a 450SL up on the sidewalk into a parking meter. <laughs> it's them. Oh, they were meeting Rick for lunch, just so happened to be at the Ivy. So, They're like, who, this guy's follows around. Yeah. I just threw up, a, you know, like a horn from, you know, like the table we were at and like, you know, kind of I'm acknowledging that, you know, like, yeah, we just met and I just saw these guys, but I'm not done with my lunch and don't want to be asked to leave. So you just you stay in your lane. Not that he was going to come over to talk to me, but it, anyways, it was just that's my I met the Beastie Boys story. That's awesome. Dude. I mean, you know, 
I don't know if kids, kids these days, I mean, I guess I would know more. They don't, they don't talk about the BC Boys as much, man, but I just... Everybody they may knows. know him because, uh, was I guess, Mike passed away. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean... Pastor Mike, I mean, rest in peace. I mean, um, it's, it's just interesting to me because I feel like a lot of times people nowadays... Uh, they start to say like, oh, Eminem was kind of like the first one, but to me, I it mean, just gives me that eye twitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, because honestly, it a was like a shake of fist and an eye twitch. Although Eminem is legit, man, like you know, nobody can deny that. But to me, it's always really interesting because how the Beastie Boys became legit is that they came from the punk scene, you, you know, and the punk actually punk scene is actually very similar to hip hop in terms of like. I don't know the uh, the vibe. I guess you would say in terms of. This, you know, suburban kids making some, or, you know, city kids making kind of like some. I want to get music. out of the situation I am and I'm going to use music as yeah, a tool it, to facilitate thank you. that. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I always thought it's like really interesting. The Beastie Boys being from a punk band, they used to play guitars in their shows. You know, they really did that crossover too. But I mean, they, for the older heads, uh, you know, give them credit. But I, I guess, you know, there's Eminem was the first solo guy, I guess. You know, I mean, as that wasn't. Uh, black, I guess, to kind of make that crossover. So I don't know. I just think it's it's awesome, man, that you came from the the Beastie Boys uh, era. Yeah, too, I, I, I'm I'm a little bit older than. You. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you know, during that period of time, though, uh, I'm just thinking like, who who else was hot? LL Cool J was pretty hot. No, it was late. That was later. Run DMC was the. Oh, Run DMC. Okay, they, that was they really, were the kings yeah. on the scene. I mean, you're right. Yeah, you're you know, right. It was them and Sugar Hill Gang and Sugar Hill Gang was uh, more like commercial, like hip hop. Hippity hip hop, you know. Type yeah, well, stuff. they 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 had uh, white lines, which I think was like their big breakthrough. But um, kind of, I think all of them were like around the same time. Was House of Pain around that time? Later. Later. That was yeah. later. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's all before my time, man. So, so like, yeah, to me, we, we we know you don't need to keep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, by that time, like I said, my, at my school, we were passing around like you know, just uh, underground hip hop tapes and stuff like that. These guys are a little bit generation older than me, but I try to connect with them, you know, because no generation wants a zennial dude. You know, I mean, have you heard of a zennial? Have you heard of this before? No. They, see, they have the millennials, right, and they have the Gen X people, you know. But they're that's, that's, that's us. us. Yeah, exactly right. And then there is the uh, small window where we remember how life was in the 1950s because par our parents. You know, ever the beater generation, right? But then it's like the internet came like when we were like teenagers, you know what I mean? So we kind of remember that, you know, we had to call, look at the newspaper for the movie times. <laughs> call that number on repeat. That would, Damn it, I'm a movie phone. Movie phone, you know what I mean? Kramer pretending to be the movie phone guy. You press know? three to see E.T. in Westwood at the village. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, so like, like, we're the Zenial generation. That's what they kind of tell us, you know what I mean? Because millennials definitely think I'm an old guy, man. They, they, they don't, you know, they find out, like, I'm over 30, man, and, like, they kind of don't want anything to do with me, you know, and then we have to play a little brother to the Gen X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you see, he does have it tough, Stephen. Oh, yeah, I, I, I sympathize. <laughs> I can feel the yeah, well, sincerity. Well, that I want to smack him? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have, we have basically, like, we still have art school, we still have music class, you know what I mean, these, these younger generation kids. They didn't get that in their music pro school program anymore. So quite a few things has changed, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I have heard uh, as much. But 
I remember, you know, like you probably do when, you know, when we were kids, you had, you know, three classes in PE or, you know, whatever it was, a break, and then, you know, three classes and then lunch. And, you know, now everything is, you know. Well, like, we brought peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to school without kids dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't actually remember anybody in school having, you know, like a nut allergy. I don't, I think that like happened later. Yeah, it's definitely. Not when I was, no. It's All the way through awareness thing too. It definitely like became like people became like more allergic to because I, I have a cousin right, and a kid in his class had a peanut allergy. And this is the story he told me, so it's not like direct oh, evidence. So he lived. He did live, but check this out. Oof. He opened the bag of peanuts uh, in the classroom. This kid felt it coming on. Started having a reaction. Immediately pulled out an epipen and jabbed it into himself. Oh my God! <laughs> to stop the thing. I mean, this is the. That's GI, dude. That's yeah. like so GI. Seriousness of apparently these allergies, man. Like you know, I've never been around one. Uh -oh. I'm just saying, it's just like what happened. Oh I mean, they do serve presses on the plane now, you know what I mean? And things like that. <laughs> well, I think almost everything now, you know, like that's for public consumption like that, has uh, the FDA regulated that it has to have some kind of warning for, you know, this, this contains peanuts. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, but I'm just saying, so that, that's changed too, man. How the fuck we got onto this? <laughs> we're just talking about different generations of... Peanuts, uh, the nut that will kill you. Of humans. I mean, you know, we can get back to talking about street art too, man. Well, no, 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 you know what? Um, I also saw recently you did, uh, you were running somewhere. You, you were, yeah. uh, what was it? What was I, it? I am now back into, you know, running regularly because uh, my. What are you running from? Steven? <laughs> right now, I kind of want to run from the interview. <laughs> uh, every year I run uh, the LA Marathon for St. Jude's to, to awesome. raise funds. Amazing and, organization. Uh, it is. It really is. What they do is, uh, it's. Yeah, amazing is a good word. I was yeah. going to try let's, to think of something. Let's, let's talk about St. Jude's just because it's like, a, honestly, as a, is it an L.A. organized institution, you would say? I mean, it's all around. They have they, many, they, they, have many yeah, locations. They are everywhere. They're yeah. international. But I mean, they have a children's hospital de dedicated to uh, cancer research for children, yeah. right? and treatment. And if you, if you go there, it doesn't seem like a hospital at all. I mean, it's like a playland for the children. I mean, not, not just that, but more importantly... The families pay zero dollars for care. Exactly, and we're not, they hmm. didn't tell us to do this, guys. We're just talking because, like, like I said, they're they're absolutely like amazing. I mean, they don't, the families don't have to pay anything. It's, you it's know, all by donation. It's, it's all by donation. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if you guys, uh, you know, just support them, whatever you can. Uh, you know, you don't have to run the LA Marathon like Steven's doing. You know, there's plenty of. All you have to do is go to my page, click on the link, and hit donate. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Let's do that. Uh, so, how long does it? How long do you do the marathon? And oh, what's your time? Long. What's your very, time? Very, very long. How many? Uh, how many times have you done? I don't think I would this, survive it. Okay. No, you, like halfway through, I'd be getting a, a Lyft or an Uber or something like that. Twenty-six point two. Twenty-six point two. Sorry, twenty twenty-six point two miles. Not right. including, you know, the warm-up and whatever else. Normally, yeah, I yeah. do probably close to thirty that day. Okay, so I have a I have a friend, man. That I mean, he was in the military. Um, he was like the chef, a chef in the military. He ran. He didn't train for like a half marathon. and just went and then just ran it i think oh. he was sitting in the pool for like the next four days <laughs> dude the got, second day after is the worst i got two really funny stories yeah, right. both, both of them relatively short okay. so the first thing is how i actually got into this so the la marathon goes by my place i didn't realize that <laughs> so uh what I'm, the hell all these people why are they closing the street oh. almost verbatim so <laughs> 
house and I'm going to, I don't remember where it was. I had to drop something off somewhere and it was uh, like Crescent Heights and Olympic or something. So I leave my house and sunset's blocked off. So of course, you know, cause LA I angrily, you know, parked the car and very fish shaky. Like, you know, this is fucking up my day. What, what the <laughs> My day. Yeah, exactly. It's all about me. <laughs> so, um, the <laughs> officer tells me, you know, it's LA marathon, you know, streets will be open in two hours or whatever it was. So I couldn't wait two hours. So I was like, fuck this. So I just walked over the barrier and got in the marathon. And when I got to Crescent Heights or whatever, I jumped out of and went down. You know, I got out of the marathon and went down. So when I was coming back, uh, you know, was, the streets were open at that point. And what my immediate thought was, was I don't understand what the big goddamn deal is about doing a marathon. Like, I just did the marathon, you know, whatever. I'm fine. <laughs> by, by the way, I was in jeans and Converse. It's not... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was not planning on doing... <laughs> any walking i got in my car and was going to drive to drop this thing off <laughs> so uh suffice it to say that you know my big mouth and you know my brain that still thinks i'm 10 years old like i'm going to do the marathon next year so no no kind of you know previous history with running or anything gym yes but you know no no cardio so i'm not a hiker or a walker right oh no it's la i mean you know why the fuck are you walking right <laughs> exactly you know so um anyways uh, the long story short is uh, i was on a plane to mexico maybe a month or two after this incident and there's a woman with a kid the kid was obviously ill and it's a long flight it's five and a half hours uh, approximately. So we got to talking. The girl had cancer and they couldn't afford the medication and they were looking into, uh, you know, treatment centers. And so St. Jude's came up. So um, I happened to mention in the conversation something about the marathon. So she said, oh, you know, they sponsor the marathon or they're uh... the official charity. So um, when I got back, uh, and I'll, I'll admit that, you know, uh, I did not want to pay the $200 entry fee, which is why I started looking into the charity entry. Mm. Um, say, when I saw St. Jude's, I remember my conversation with this woman. So I started reading about the organization and, you know, all the basically the whole thing is donation based. The families don't pay anything. And I thought that was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So I chose them as the charity. And uh, well, actually, I contacted them to find out, you know, what the story was. And it was basically almost verbatim what I had read and what this woman on the plane had told me that, you know, the whole organization is donation based. And, um, you know, it, it allows people that are of lower income or that don't have the means for private health care to get private health care quality treatment, but at no expense. So um, I signed up as a fundraiser and did okay that first year. How much training did you do before the race? No, almost none. I just, you know, I what do you mean? walked a little bit, but I didn't know anybody that was a runner. Dude, you didn't like run like <laughs> at least five, 10 miles or something? No. Oh. <laughs> Again, oh, no. I don't know if you missed the part where my brain still thinks I'm 10. Oh. Like, yeah, it'll be fine. Dude, even a 10-year-old, come on. If I'm 10, I'm going to, you know, run a couple of miles before I go yeah, run I 26. Roof. I mean, you know, I wasn't thinking about it. You know what I love, man? Here's the thing. He, Steve's told two stories about, hey, I saw a group of people and... I, I know, like, right? What are they doing? <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> I love that. I love my, that. Almost my entire life exists of being in the right place at either the right or wrong time. <laughs> 
that's how everything happened. That's yeah. how that's how I met Teach. I was at the right place at the right time. Yeah, yeah. Um, no for, training, for no training at all. You run the marathon. Yeah. So um, you know, I was like, man, it'll be fine. You know, because I had done it already. You know, which again, you know, and you ran part of it. I didn't run any of it. I walked one mile. <laughs> But somehow, in my mind, I was like, yeah, whatever. Marathon's not a big deal. I just, I just, just do tw- this 26 more times. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, I need to know how long a mile is. I'll walk one mile. The, then. <laughs> the foolish mistake that I made was uh, thinking, you know, yeah, it'll be fine. So, um, how long were your legs rest for after that? Or just curious, were they okay? This will be my sixth year. I still don't think I've recovered. <laughs> blisters. I mean, you had blisters on your feet. Oh, God. Oh, and Converse, man. man. That should be an advertisement. Well, uh, well, no, no. You didn't run. You didn't run the. No. That was the mile that he did yeah. was in the Converse. And the, I, I had not planned on walking at all. I got yeah. in a car to drive to where I was going and, you know, got stopped because of the marathon and, you know, ended up just getting in. What kind of shoes did you wear for that first marathon? Um, I don't know. Should I pitch them or should I plug them? <laughs> Just it's curious. Not, like, the only pair of shoes that I found that worked for me, uh, Adidas Boost. Ah, okay. I, that first year, I tried probably twenty different kinds of shoes. Have you tried the Yeezys, man, with the Boost? <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs> I don't support anything that has anything to do with the crap Dashians or Kanye <laughs> or any. Fuck them. <laughs> There's your millennials right there. I don't get. Look, I don't. Man. I don't mean to trigger anybody, but <laughs> fuck them. So, we love. We love it. For president in 2020. Oh no. That, man. Honestly, man, what I what, okay, not with Trump. Before, he's gonna he's gonna run run against his buddy. How's yeah. that gonna work? Dragon energy, man. <laughs> you know that's what they call it. But no, honestly, I got really nervous. I mean, Trump, like I said, at least. He plays a businessman on TV, like you, you know. What I mean? Like I don't care. I don't, you know. But the point is, when I heard that Kanye West was going to run, that moment it, it got me scared about Trump. You, you understand what I'm saying? Where the hell have you been? No, I didn't. I, no, this is talking about this is before he got elected. You know what I mean? But it just made me think, like, man, this is just a popularity contest now. The popular people are actually yeah. going to enter it. It's not yeah. Hollywood for ugly people anymore. Know. You know, no. politics, right? That's probably, yeah. That's that's your show title right there. <laughs> Hollywood for ugly people. So, um, I don't, you know, there, there's been a bunch of crazy rumors. O- Oprah was, you know, going to run. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah. I, this, uh, for me, it brings me back to, you know, when we had Schwarzenegger for a governor. Yes. And yes. Gary Coleman was going to run. The porn star. And, and, yeah. <laughs> What the fuck is going on? I don't, at what point in time did this happen? Trump's never been elected to anything. He's got I don't know how many failed businesses and you know chapter eleven and bankruptcies and lawsuits and you know what he's good at? Trump is good at winning enough. He's but it's going to catch up to him. Oh, we well, everybody's on the defense. His, his cheerleaders are on the defense now. It seems. I mean, like. Uh, before it was kind of like uh, you know fuck you blah blah you know now I see a lot of oh you know if he gets impeached this means we've all lost our kind of like free speech and stuff like that yeah, did he, you see what he announced at the rally yeah something something like uh, if I get impeached it's, it's your, your fault, fault. <laughs> isn't that kind of like fucking cocksucker um, ra- and be ready people are gonna get violent that. too if, if I get impeached people will get violent yeah stop stop <clears> the violence <throat> and get me reelected. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, this whole thing is uh, get uh, we, and the thing is, we don't really know what, how it's gonna go right now, too. You know, I mean, even the the quote unquote trade war, man. You know, we've had to increase prices on just a lot of stuff that uh, raw materials, like for paints for the art industry right now, because they all come from a lot of them come from China now and other companies, you know, yeah. everything is a 25% increased tax, you know? Yeah. And you know what, in this type of atmosphere, people are less likely to buy art. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, not knowing of what's going to happen, I want to hold on to what I've, and what I've got. Exactly. Yeah. So fuck you for that too, bastard. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you know, it, it's, it's just crazy because <laughs> I really don't know what's going to happen. And, uh, with, you know, I feel like there might they said that the trade deficit is like actually increased by nine percent since the uh, <laughs> since the trade war started. You know what I mean? So um, to be honest, I always feel like you know every president that we've seen has had kind of like a somewhat kind of a war. This is uh, Trump's war because he can't lead us and just gives having you know people, he's not going to convince the American people to go into you know Me if he, if he had it his way, man, we'd probably go into Mexico. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just I, I have really no idea. I mean, I, I always try to hope for the best, um, and I've never been in this place where I just really don't know what the hell is going to happen. Yeah. Every day that I get on and I look at all of the all of the different um, online media publications, I don't just look at one. I look at all of them, and even from uh, Germany, from uh, from England, and just because. You know, everything is so attached to political parties with the media we have in this country that I like to hear from other countries and hear what is actually being thought of from what's being done over here. And <clears throat> every time that I go to see, to check the news, I'm wincing. Yeah. I'm wincing and I'm going, what, what is, what's going to be happening now? You know, it's really interesting too. And I want to bring up a a uh, separate subject that has to do with just like the news, man. I, I was driving right back here and I saw Infowars.com spray painted on that Toys R Us that was uh, uh, just closed now. I just out of curiosity, the yeah. trash or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, I was thinking, I wonder if it was, but, uh, he, he wouldn't get this far, man. Like, yeah, it, it, like it just, this is city this, of industry, this, this is like quite far from, you know, the... This seems like a good segue for me to show my support for you, so... Uh. Oh, yeah? What do we got going on here? We got, oh, oh there we I go. I love that, man. I love that, man. It's, for those of you who can't see what's going on, uh, Stephen is, uh, he has a t-shirt on. Um, that actually has a stencil that I, I made of him, as well as my little Teach Peace logo. Now, uh, our friend in mutual, Jeffrey Sklan, who uh, <clears throat> I, hear is, I hear is a lawyer. I've don't, I don't, never seen any proof of that. But all I know is he's an amazing photographer and great guy and everything. And so he approached me about doing this stencil, to which I was like, absolutely love this guy. Um, and so, yeah, that's... That's kind of a collaboration between uh, Mr. Jeffrey uh, Sklan and I. This was a, a very, very nice and shocking surprise. <laughs> um, actually, you want to hear how this came about? Yeah, yeah, I love it. I definitely do want to get back to the Infowars thing, but like, let's no, yeah, let's, let's let's finish that. We'll okay, circle, circle back. The re the reason is I'm just saying that like the news that we're getting is so like a. Uh, you tainted, know, biased, it's biased, and segregated in Europe. People are in their own echo chamber. 
uh, you know, people don't bother to fact check anything, you know, and then quite frankly, we don't know if the fact check people are <laughs> neutral too a lot of times. So it, it's, it's a tough world to find. Or maybe those people have been texting between each other and they're politically, you know. Who is right, you know. I, the, I, the press cabal. <laughs> the press cabal, I love that, I love that. But I'm, I'm just saying it's really interesting to me because that that is like a pure form of graffiti right there. In, yeah, in oh sense, yes, right? you know, absolutely you know, is. Right, and then this is uh, in City of Industry and Twitter, it, the reason why that's there um, for current events sake is because Twitter banned uh, yeah, Infowars Wars and uh, Alex Jones off um, Twitter because I mean I'm pretty sure they feel like it's because of uh, fault. They're you know they're just posting a bunch of like false information about lizard people and like uh, <laughs> you know like and people believe it so much and because they don't check their sources man and uh, like to me it's just he's that guy's been doing it for so long just putting out misinformation I mean he said that like uh, uh, Sandy Hook was like actors you, oh, you, know, yeah. you know what I mean and. Yeah. And stuff like that, crazy shit. You, you know. Anytime you're getting your information from just one source these days, it can't be trusted. I don't, I, you should at least have two or more, you know, uh, coinciding opinions. And and you know, well, uh, they got a YouTube video that's 45 minutes long that has, <laughs> you know, talking. That just shows the, that convinces you why people are lizard people, man. There's multiple. The problem stories. is, is that anybody that's anybody that's listening to him and anybody that's believing what he's saying. Everything else is going to be quote fake news. Yeah, they oh, want to believe this is right. true, and yeah. therefore it's true to them. Of course, and the more you try to do away with it, the more they're going to think, "Oh, it's actually real," because they're trying to keep us from that information. You can't yeah. argue logic with crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, just did a piece uh, recently with Val Kilmer, um, and it was a quote had a. Um, had Val Kilmer dressed up as Samuel L. Clemens as Mark Twain. He did yeah, like a one-man so, show. And uh, the quote on it there was very uh, transcending, mm -hmm. if you could say. Um, it says, it's easier to fool someone than to convince them they've been fooled. Yeah. And that's what we have now. You know, you've got all this information out there for these people. And you got to try to convince those people that that information is not real. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, it's just really interesting because it's taking that village gossip. You know, if you have a village and then yes. oh, yeah. they, you know, people will go hunt and then people will be frontiering and then, you know, they tell people uh, back home at the village about, hey, this is kind of like how it is. And then that gets spread and then it's, the story it's, changes, it's, it's gets back. embellished. Well, that's, that's the game uh, uh, telephone, but before there was a telephone. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, what that's yeah. what that's what I remember. Yeah, it and, I'm just saying it, it's taken that to like such a global level that you can find, you can gather all, you know, all the people that believe in lizard people, all the people that believe the world is flat, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I think really anything. If you tell one person something by the end of the day and it circles back to you, it will be completely different than what you said in the morning. Oh, absolutely. And the more people it goes through, the more different it's going to be. Every Everybody wants to add their little, you know, pizzazz to make it a more interesting story or somehow, you know, it has something to do with them because everybody is self yeah, and so now, now because you have so many different media outlets, and you've got Insta, you got social media where everyone is their own fucking publisher, yeah. then you've got all this information going out there and spun, and just oh my god, how do we live? Yeah, and you know, like it just made me think of this uh, paradox actually of like how religion is. Everybody just kind of like, oh, this is my section of you know, we got our saints over here, you know, for 
you know, whether it's certain Buddhas or whatever, or certain saints, you know, and then like they all just want to relate to them. It's kind of like this message that like spreads and then it's kind of lost its control in a sense. Well, yeah, every, you know? I, I think been every, diluted. everybody thinks, you know, their religion's the right religion. Yeah. You know, I, I, I am Jewish, but, you know, I'm more agnostic than anything else. And, um, you know, I, I think that's actually one of the problems that we've got just in society. And I think that, you know, there's a long history of that, you know, people killing somebody, another group of people in, you know, somebody's name. Yeah, yeah because yeah. of religion. Yeah, that's that's a problem. I feel like if you have a religion that causes killing and everything, then what you need to check it, <laughs> check it at the door. Right. Yeah. I mean, OK, so let's get back to talk about that stencil, man. I mean, um, you, you know, you had a story about it or something like that. So um, I do know Pike. Yes. So there's a wall on Melrose that this artist who is also an actor, which was my funny little run-in with him, uh, curates the wall. So um, I, do you know uh, LeFou? I am LeFou. Yes. So I met Pike and LeFou this day. So I was walking around Melrose. I had a couple of hours to kill and I wanted to take some pictures. So I started at the fame yard and was walking down the alley taking pictures of all the street art and got to the black wall on Melrose. Mm -hmm. And um, two cars pull up, not like to fight me or anything, but they both jump out of the car and run up to me. So, you know, like, hey, what's going on? You know, what are you doing? I said, yeah, I'm just taking pictures of street art. You know, oh, cool, cool, cool. So um, I had just gotten my stickers made and I handed them both a sticker. So Pike was like, dude, this is dope. You know, you have any interest in blowing this up and, you know, maybe putting it on the wall. So I laughed it off, you know, like, yeah, you know, whatever. I didn't think it was a legit offer. So he's like, no, seriously, you know, this, I, I curate this wall and, you know, like it's, you know, it's a real thing. It's so, so cool. I've, I've always wanted to meet him, just have never gotten he's to. A, he's an awesome guy. It's awesome. So, um, I said, you know, like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't really know anything about this. You know, I had like literally, you know, this was like the very early stages about a year ago, (laughs) you know, this all started. So um, I said, you know, like, I I don't really feel comfortable. You know, there's some like big name artists on this wall and, you know, it's, it's for street artists, you know, I don't, who the fuck am I? So... (laughs) Um, I, they had like, they were just setting up to do some art on the wall, LeFou and uh, Pike. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, I'm going to cruise around. I'll come back in like an hour or whatever, and, you know, see what you guys are putting up. Like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I take off, take a bunch of pictures, circle back around about an hour later. LeFou is gone, uh, but Pike is still there. He's up on the ladder. So um, comes down to talk to me. And during that walk, I had thought to myself, you know, this is great opportunity and you know also be kind of cool to see my face on Melrose so you know I think I'd be you know foolish to turn him down so I said yeah I thought about it I think I'm I'm gonna take you up on your offer your very generous offer he's like okay great you know here's my number you know call me we'll figure out a day and whatever so that turned into a wheat paste and because I don't know any other way to do this and I you know have I, I have a lack of uh, artistic ability so again, I beg to differ. <clears throat> so um, very humble of you, man. No, it's, that's the truth. I'm not trying to, you know. You have an artistic eye. You may not be able to draw, but you got an artistic this eye. One. This one only shoots garbage. Okay. So, 
I, at, at, you know, a slightly later point in time, um, had, you know, found out that, you know, Sklan and you had some kind of relationship and, um, you know, Jeffrey and I are friends. So I kind of put a bug in his ear saying, you know, hey, you think there's any possibility a teacher would do a stencil for me? So the immediate response was, you know, after he stopped laughing was, uh, you know, yeah, I'm sure he would, you know, I don't know what he would charge you. So I said, you, you think maybe you could ask him, you know, next time you see him? So, I don't know, three weeks go by and I hadn't heard anything. And normally I, I talk to Jeffrey pretty regularly. That's tough. How do you deal with him? He's such a pain in the ass. I know, right? He's, he's awesome. You can't see, but teach is laughing. It's kind of a shit-eating smirk. So... Um, I want to circle back to that too. He just shot you and the kids for um, the brush off, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, three three weeks or something go by, and you know nothing about this. We, we've had conversations, but nothing about you know my request for him to talk to the teacher about the stencil. So, um, I don't know. Oh, maybe a week after that, there was a show at Gabba. I ran into you guys. I think it was the first collabs that you had up there. Yeah, that's now. right. So, um, you know, I took some pictures and, um, you know, uh, teacher Jeffrey and the artwork. And, um, you know, I figured because I know that, you know, Sklan's a stand-up guy. If I asked him to ask you, he definitely did. And the fact that there was no response probably meant that it was no. So I didn't want to, I didn't want there to be any awkwardness or animosity. So I just didn't bring it up. So like a week or something later, um, I get a call from Jeff. Hey, can you meet me on Melrose? I want to talk to you about some business opportunities. I said, you know, sure. So I drive down there. He's, you know, a lawyer. So he's wearing a suit. I've heard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he takes off his suit jacket and takes off his button-up uh, button shirt. And he's wearing me <laughs> and uh, teacher. So... I, I did not immediately recognize that it was me on the shirt. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I'm continuing our conversation. So he's trying to be, he's trying to subtly but not subtly guide me to the fact that I'm so fucking obtuse that I don't see that he's wearing me on. So. It, what ended up happening because I, I'm just, you know, I'm off in another realm talking about, you know, whatever I was talking about. Finally, he said, you know, like, Dick, look at the shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> so I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, so at that point, you know, like I was, I was very shocked and then I was embarrassed that I didn't recognize it. And then I was thankful that, you know, teacher had done this dance. A rush of emotions. Man. Yeah, exactly. I was, you know, like, what the hell? So um, when I regained my composure, um, you know, I immediately uh, took him to the fame yard where teacher has a, a substantially a substantial piece uh, size wise and uh, took some pictures with Jeffrey wearing me, which is the stencil that teacher made next to teacher's piece. And um, <laughs> so we get back to the car, you know, he's, he's leaving now. Uh, well, actually, it, I thought he was leaving, but it turned out to be a, a guise to get me to the car. He opens the trunk. Not only did teacher generously, very generously make the stencil for me, uh, but also gave me the stencil. 
So um, Sklan gave me the stencil and then said, oh yeah, you know, like Steve Jobs style, one more thing, and pulled out this shirt that he made. So um, I put the shirt on and we started walking down Melrose and like <laughs> made it into a game. He's, you know, now he's like back kind of, you know, like in lawyer mode. So he's like, oh yeah, this, this guy's very famous. You know, like the people were walking by. <laughs> so um, Lena Valentina happened to be painting. So, oh, yeah. um, we, you know, we, I, I had not met her uh, previously in person, but I know her. So, uh, uh, through social media. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I went up and introduced myself and, um, you know, we started talking and she's painting, but, you know, trying to be sociable. So, you know, like sort of, you know, three quarters turning, you know, so it's not, we're just looking at the back of her head. So then she wrapped up, you know, what she, the, the area she was painting, she turned around we start talking and she's like, you know, yeah. So, you know, it's nice to meet you. Wait, is he wearing you? <laughs> So just, the three of us just started cracking that. It's like we have an interesting relationship. It's, it's like a, like I said, it's not the same, but it's like how Steve-O has a tattoo of himself on his back. Going, have you ever yeah, been? yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 just for like a split second, maybe a little bit more. I kind of felt like a kid on a milk cart. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. You know, have you seen this guy? <laughs> It was, it, was, it was very funny. I, I love that, man. I mean, um, you know, so, so just curious, what projects do you have coming up? I mean, um, uh, is there any shows that you're going to be in or, you know, what, what is in store for Stephen Levy? You know? Well, I don't think you ever got around to, we just kind of brushed, brushed past it, but the last show that he did, he did pretty damn well. Can you just tell us about your last little the, gallery experience the, the show? Well, that was the main thing for me. So uh, See that? I love it. The, the long story short is uh, I've been friends with uh, Matt Sorum for quite a while. He's the drummer for Guns N' Roses, The Colt, Velvet Revolver. He's now touring with Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. And um, his charity uh, raises money for underprivileged children uh, to be able to participate in the arts, whether it's uh, photography, painting, uh, musically, wh whatever it is, just you know, the arts. So if you have a dream, you know, his foundation will help you to, you know, manage your, uh, or to reach your goals. So um, in conjunction with Gabba Gallery, um, they hosted a show as a fundraiser. So I got a message from Matt and I got a message from Jason uh, inviting me to participate in the show, which of course, you know, I jumped at. Um, luckily for me, although I found out later that one piece actually didn't sell, um, I sold out the opening night. How many pieces? Um, four in total. Nice. Uh, and one, one piece show, uh, one piece sold before the show was even out. Nice. Uh, yeah, you have some great eye for your pictures, Matt. I just want to give that compliment, definitely. Matt. Thank you very much. And again, just to reiterate, only shoots the, Just the one eye. This one. The, the, right the other eye sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so anything that's out of focus. Left eye, so um, or jaunty. That's what I was so uh, I thought that was your nickname for your left eye, man. Jaunty. Yeah. It is now. Jaunty. Anyways. Jaunty and I will be there right now. Um, anyway, so yeah, it was uh, it was good for match charity. It was good for the gallery. It was good for me, and I love a situation where everybody wins and there's no losers. And you know, this was definitely that. Uh, it was a successful night. Um, and it didn't hurt that I got to hang out with Matt. It didn't hurt that, you know, Shepard Ferry was there hanging around. Nice. Um, it was a good show. And Gabba is a phenomenal gallery. Um, and Jason's a hell of a nice guy. Just yeah, everybody, everybody's a winner. 
That was awesome, awesome man. I mean, so, you know, any projects coming up that uh, you're going to be in? Or? Uh, I just agreed to um, participate in a group show that's going to be at Museum MM, uh, which is owned by uh, Lena uh, Morose and um, operated by her daughter, Michelle. Um, the show is being curated by uh, Yuri Cole, and um, I think it's in a couple of weeks. I think it's uh, towards the end of September. Um, and I'll have some stuff in there that nobody's seen before, because um, as some of you know, um, I was supposed to have a big show that's opening in this Saturday, I think, actually, which got canceled. Um, but I had already shot all the photos for that show. Um, two of the photos are going to be used in the show that's being curated by uh, Yuri uh, at Museum. Nice. And nobody has seen them. I, uh, as m most people that follow me know, I pretty much post everything. I okay. don't really hold any any images back. The main reason is I want everybody to see, you know, where I am, and what I'm doing, but not in a self-serving way. But you know, where I am, they're not there probably. Exactly. And you know, maybe you know, we'll never be there. Uh, you know, I, I have friends that you know are all over the world, and they're never going to be at the places where I am, but you know, I want them to be able to enjoy it, even if it's through photos. What is your Instagram handle? It is Levy Angelus. L-E-V-E-Y. Angelus, like Los Angeles. Okay. Awesome, yeah. man. I mean, we, we pretty much did an hour right now, dude. So uh, I, I went by very fast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, but I mean, like I said, is there anything else you guys want to plug, man? I mean, I, I know we kind of like started a little bit later, so we, I think we still got a little bit of time. Um, uh, I, I'd love to, I don't know if you guys do show notes, but I'd love to put a link up in the yeah, show yeah, notes yeah, for, to donate for St. Jude's. Awesome, awesome. Absolutely. And just to clarify, none of that money goes to me. I don't see any of it. You, your donation goes right to St. Jude's. It's just through my, it's through my account, uh, as I get credit as a fundraiser sure. at zero dollars. So, you know what? I just want to kind of end maybe on this note, man. Um, you know, what's your motivation and your inspiration behind what you do, man? Because it seems like you kind of stumbled upon both of these, like, hobbies and passions that you had, you know what I mean? But, like, you know, stumbling upon something doesn't make you just dive right into it like you have, man. Is it the success that you've received or is it like, you know, you know, what is it about street art or, you know, the running and things like that that, like, kind of keep you there, man? I, I, anybody that knows me personally or even loosely, um, you know, but that I'm friends with, um, here's me regularly, I hope they understand that I'm being facetious. Here's me regularly joke that, you know, well, you know, because I'm famous, I get this or that. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it is a hundred percent me being facetious. <laughs> the, the reason that, you know, I do what I do and I've been continuing to do what I do isn't, you know, I mean, being wealthy and, you know, I, I don't really want the fame part, but, you know, being wealthy would be, you know, phenomenal to, you know, be able to do whatever I want and not have to have money being a concern. But the reason I do what I'm doing is teacher's a hell of a nice guy. I would have never met him if I didn't take the picture that I did or if I didn't meet somebody that knew him that was able to introduce me to him. My life now is very different than it was a year ago. And by different, I mean uh, in the aspect that I wasn't going to art shows, I wasn't hanging around with artists, I wasn't being invited to attend whatever event, you know, 
and now you know I am you know meeting these people and a lot of them I've been fans of for you know quite a while I mean you know living in LA we you know almost everywhere you go there's a street art gallery somewhere you know whether it's a box or a <laughs> wall or whatever it is and you know like oh that like what I was saying earlier about that Kennedy I drive by that every day. <laughs> I can't believe it's still a there. Block from my house, <laughs> and um, you just go ahead. people like started a new industry in the sense it's like hey there's a wall there I can curate it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> I'm just saying that's that is talk about innovation. <laughs> you know it's like hey there's your local. You know what? Put it. This Everyone's way. an entrepreneur. Exactly, and you know what? If you're in like some random place that doesn't have a street art scene, man, go to your local liquor store and ask them, hey, you know that wall that people tag on? Yeah. <laughs> okay. How about we get a famous artist that you know? Reach out to us. Reach out to your local. That's uh, at Teacher One on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, well, you saw this uh, whole building right here, right? That that we're in for yeah. uh, City of Industry. Teacher's going to do that whole mural, basically. And we're going to be throwing festivals, I mean, literally around this area and with that stage outside, too. I mean, we're going to be changing yeah, the culture of City of Industry, man. I mean, yeah, I time that. to bring some culture in I here. I saw that you're in the early stages. There's a Jeremy Peace and a yeah, teacher yeah. in front. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, whenever the street artists come by, they, uh, well, so far we've just had, uh, you know, Jeremy come by and he just leave, left a stencil, too, you know. Mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, the owner, Mike, we want to give him a shout out to this building. Basically, you know, he he's a really cool dude, man. I mean, this guy came over here from China as 2002 as a busboy. And now he's a millionaire, basically. But I, I just had lunch. I didn't actually wow, know that's, that, actually. That's all. awesome. And, you know, he's bought into the American dream, man. Like, you know, he's an American citizen now. He has kids. They all grew up here. Good. And I'm, that's what I mean by it's like, you know, there's opportunity out there, man. And like I said, if you... You know, you love street art and you want to get into it, just go out there and start going to the shows. You, you know what I mean? Meeting the artists. There's guys like Teach out there that are that will sit with you and, you know, get to, like, if you're interested in their art, man, they want to tell you about why they got into it. I mean, I'm a, that's how I got into it. That's how this, this is a really key point that you're talking about right now. I, you know, incorrectly thought that for the most part, you know, the people I was meeting were, you know, going to be like douchey, big headed jerks, you know? And oh, some are, <laughs> I don't know. Is that excluding or including yourself? So, um, nice, nice I'll let people judge know. for themselves. Okay, I'm, I'm judging. Nice guy you could ever hope to meet. So, um, for the most part, you know, everyone's been fantastic and they're more than happy to spend time talking to you and, you know, give you, uh, information or guidance, you know, uh, that would help you along. So, you know, if you ever see somebody, teacher, wordsmith, Megzani, you know, trusty, you know, approach them and, you know, tell them you're interested and let them, the, the let them give you, you know, the information that you might need. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Hanksy told us that he'd come on this podcast too, man, when, uh, you know, uh, he's here in October, man. So, you know, we're going to hold you to that, Hanksy. <laughs> you know, That's I, right, I just, Adam. It's just crazy that, uh, you, you know, like I said, we're... Adam, uh, Adam, I'm coming for you, Adam. <laughs> I think you just, just did. I think you just dissuaded him from coming on. That scared me, and I'm not even at him. Uh, yeah, my only my only uh, interaction with him was that mansion. That was an amazing oh, yeah. event. Yeah, that was that was awesome. No, honestly, and you know, I think a lot of times people just they think that there's this separation between oh, because of a lot of fine art has that feeling where the artist is like. 
oh, I can't talk to you. I'm above you. Well, they're, okay. most of them are dead, you know, so it's why there's not even the possibility of <laughs> that, thinking that's, that's, that's of connecting too. with them. Exactly. Well, I mean, like I said, street art is one of the most real communities, man. They're down-to-earth real people that yeah. you know, care about what's going on. Yeah, and then, like I said, I mean, you know, how many gallery owners that work that, that don't exist anymore, man? Like, you know what I mean? People that just came in. It's a trend, you know, and uh, we're going to kind of, I own actually real estate company and I'm trying to like, you know, it, it, how many people do we know like that? You know what I mean? And like I said, some are actually fans of the art and that's awesome, man. But some are opportunistic, which is fine too. I mean, this is America, man. You, you know what I mean? Like you do what you need to do, man, you know, but it's just crazy that, like I said, the people that have been in, you'll just start running into the same faces, man. And that's why, yeah. you know, we wanted to have you on the podcast, especially for me, because I'm like, hey, we had... We had only met briefly in passing at his show, you know, and uh, like I said, it's, you're someone I definitely want to talk to, and we'd love to have you on again, man, you, you know. Happy to come back. I have a lot of information, a lot of interesting stories that we don't want to touch on. <laughs> I met Banksy. Ooh. What? We have time for That's that. That's for man. real. We have time for that. <laughs> we have time for that. <laughs> You'll make time for that. You will make time we'll, for that. Yeah, we'll have time Well, for how that, did you meet Banksy? Yeah, we have time for that. Let's, I let's have a, a meeting at the Ace Hotel, and the guy I was meeting was late. So I was waiting in front and across the street, there's a parking lot. And in the parking lot is somebody doing street art. So I have some time to kill. I figured fuck it, I'll walk across the street and see what's going on. Very nervous, up on a ladder with a stencil and you know, very nervous. You remember the, actually, I don't know if you know the piece, but I, I have a Pardon. version of it hanging in modern multiples right now because Montana traded me for another piece of art um the parking parking structure sign with the girl on the swing mm -hmm. yeah, I he was doing that i waited for him to get out of the shop because i want a picture of the piece I want a picture of him oh my god so this is before banksy was banksy you know, i don't know who this guy is it's just it's a guy doing street art. oh my god so um anyways you know up on the ladder and you know painting over the ING is when I walked up. So, you know, very over the shoulder looking at me, you know, looking at the, you know, what's going on, you know, he's got to look out, they don't know what's happening. So I'm just standing there with the camera, well, with my phone, but not taking any pictures. So, you know, they're kind of like trying to rush this thing along. So anyways, comes down, you know, whatever. And I, at that point, start taking a picture. So he's walking by me while I'm taking the photo. He's like, yeah, thanks for waiting. So I was like, yeah, you know, I, I didn't want you in the picture. So, <laughs> your, your reaction was the lookout's reaction. His reaction, because I couldn't see his face, but his reaction was shocked. You know, like, dude, you have no idea. You could have just made a million dollars right there. And, you know, then I later found out when that picture started circulating. That was actually the first picture I ever sold was the that Banksy picture. Wow. And GABA. Okay. Um, so, so wait, did he have a... Did his voice sound like a voice changer, Darth Vader voice too? No, 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 no voice. He, he didn't speak. Oh, he didn't speak? No. Oh, it, wow. it was a nod and, you know, like... It was kind of like a mutual respect, like... It know, wasn't that, but like, yeah. you're an idiot for not taking my picture. <laughs> and they, they just walked off. So he actually had his face covered and everything like that yeah, too yeah, while yeah. he was zooming? Yeah, See, was I... I, I always figured that whenever he's getting up, it's like always kind of like a chill situation. Like he's like, dude, I got this. No one's gonna, no one's gonna mess with this. Let's do this right quick. I, I would never have thought that it, they would be like all nervous about it, and it looking around like, and, and like. Standing there with a camera. 
know, so and that's that's a, that piece isn't even there anymore, right? No. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, but that's gone. a legendary piece, man. Yeah. The owner Damn. of the building was so tired of people, or no, the owner of the parking lot was so tired with the parking lot being blocked up, he couldn't make any income because people were there taking photos. Mm. They painted over the piece. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's that's crazy, man. You know how? Many, well, I don't know. I, I kind of. I feel like that's that's a good story for that piece too because like i said street art is a gift man it's yeah it's, it's like impermanent art just like you know pictures of it man now they have like you know it's nice when they are able to do it but they excavate those things out of the wall and you know that was uh, the, yeah, the yeah. guy in san francisco with yeah. the rat yeah yeah but yeah. now you know they're showing it to kids and stuff like that educating about street art i kind of like that too you know i mean but like I said, it's controversial, right? You know, in terms of uh, should you do that? Does the artist want you to do that? You know, I mean, things like that. Well, I don't that. know exactly what that story was, but I heard that, you know, he, Banksy was against it until he heard that the guy wasn't trying to profit from it. Now he was okay with it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And now I think it's just in storage somewhere. You couldn't get anybody to take it. Right? Yeah. There you go, man. That's awesome. That, uh, that's a, that's a great story, that's dude. A great story. I mean, I just, I just <laughs> on that, but we'd gotta, love to have you. Definitely you know, coming back. Happy to come okay. back. Happy to have been asked the first time. Awesome, man. So thank you very much, Steven. Uh, appreciate you guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Love you guys. Take care. Bye. Peace.